0: My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking,
1: the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity and the human condition.
0: This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Ali, what is Skillshare? Well, I'm glad you asked. Skillshare is a fantastic online platform with thousands, tens of thousands at this point, classes on all sorts of things from business to entrepreneurship to cooking, illustration, graphic design, web design, all of these cool things, a lot of creative stuff, a lot of educational stuff, even interior design. Now, the reason that you should definitely sign up to Skillshare by going on skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking pod or hitting the link in the show notes is that the first 1,000 people who hit that link will firstly get a free trial. And secondly, when you're in your free trial or afterwards when you've got the annual premium subscription, which is less than $10 a month, you can watch tons and tons of classes that I've got on Skillshare. So I've got six classes at the time of this recording. So there's two on productivity. There's one really long one about how to study for exams, which so far has been taken by around 30,000 people with like 95% review ratings. It's pretty solid. I've got an entire like three hour long class about how to use flashcards with an app called Anki. I've got one about how to be happier uh, using principles from stoicism and i've got one about how to edit videos in final cut pro if you want to be a youtuber so like 15 to 20 plus hours of content of me spieling stuff on skillshare if you want to check it out but also on top of that there's like you know as i said thousands of classes on all sorts of other topics so head over to skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking pod to get your free trial or hit the link in the show notes thank you skillshare for sponsoring this episode
1: hello everyone welcome back to an episode of not overthinking
0: it feels like it's been a while since we've done one of these. It actually has. I think
1: it's been like three weeks since we recorded one, yeah. maybe even
0: four. No, two weeks. We, no, no, it's been three. Actually. We recorded one two... We recorded one three weeks ago.
1: Was that three weeks ago?
0: Yeah. Three yeah, three we recorded sure. three weeks ago. And then last week, we had an in-between episode. And the week before that, we had an in-between episode. Yeah. And now we have this week. Yeah. Sorry for the in-between episodes. Last week's was
1: uh, my flights got cancelled. And I spent a couple of days stranded at an airport in Toronto. How was that? pretty grim okay (laughs) okay yeah basically we were kind of we weren't allowed outside the airport we weren't allowed into canada basically and the hotel the airport hotel was in canada like you had to kind of leave it was attached to the to the airport but you kind of had to leave the thing okay and so we weren't actually allowed outside of this like security area um it was quite it was quite bizarre because like the airport was completely empty it was like i don't know me a friend of mine maybe like a few other people like it felt it felt like the start of some kind of you know movie where like a bunch of people were stuck in like a completely empty airport together <laughs> and like yeah it just lo- it just felt and looked very very surreal um but yeah we were just there for about 24 hours and well, So you had to sleep on the seats and stuff you yeah mate have, that was like really, lounge, that was... lounge access or anything like that no that no lounges were open nothing was open we had to like every you know that the sort of handful of people that were stuck there that night were like scrambling to find the best sort of
0: sleeping spot um and yeah, it was very far from ideal oh i'm sorry you had to go through that <laughs> it was rough mate it was rough and so that was one reason why we didn't record the podcast that weekend yeah
1: well, i was meant to arrive back on the sunday and then we would have recorded it but then i arrived on monday instead and you weren't around and stuff hmm.
0: yeah so sorry for the in-between episodes um i'm sure people enjoy them we had an interview with austin cleon and another one with john o'nolan who actually makes ghost who is the website hosting platform oh really so we need to have (laughs) words with him and be like john mate why is the payment flow so bad (laughs) yeah
1: also apologies about the website we're in the process of sorting out uh, but it's non-trivial i think we had a few good reviews about the austin cleon episodes
0: that was nice that was a solid like two hour long conversation i had with him i thought it was one of my yeah one of the highlights of the deep dives nice we also had a bunch of reviews saying that Mac should become a regular on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think the audience liked Mac, which is good. Excellent. Yeah, I had a, I had a few tweets and emails from someone being like, yeah, you know, as Mac said on the podcast, like last week, <laughs> da, 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 da. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I guess Mac was on the podcast last week. It was around this, the, the whole like, uh, should you talk about money thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think we were, we were talking about, actually, I think, yeah, so there's actually, you brought something up related to all of this stuff, which mm. is that... I mean, why don't you kind of say it? (laughs) So
0: I had a feeling that I I feel like I come across a lot worse on this podcast than you do. What do you mean by that? Uh, So the impression I get, as in, for example, I've not not seen a single hate comment targeted at you. And I've seen at least a few hate comments uh, targeted at me. Have you considered that maybe you're just more hateful (laughs) or rather hateworthy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I just come across worse. Where is (laughs) it? Right, so there's a difference between how you actually are and how you come across. Like, do you think in real life it's the I the, think the delta between <laughs> I think the
0: delta but I think I think there is less of a delta between my real life personality and how I appear on the podcast than your real life personality and how you appear on the <laughs> oh, podcast.
1: <damn>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the crux of it. <sighs> I don't think I'm particularly more hateful than you are. Um, I think, you know, if your input in group chats is anything to go by, <laughs> your actual personality is significantly different to the empathetic self-aware easygoing hey man why can't we all just be friends kind of episode as kind of a persona that you portray (laughs) on this podcast and i think that's deeply inauthentic um i could be wrong but i'd love to hear your thoughts on that (laughs) um
1: okay so there's one thing which i'd like to say which is that um i think oftentimes the way the topic the episodes are kind of framed is sort of uh I, f- I feel like often on the podcast, I'm not actually talking about my position. For example, when we were talking about the revenue stuff, I think we had like an email or two or maybe like a review or something, um, which felt like I was trying to like hate on you or something. My position was actually, my position on the revenue stuff was actually very much in favor of your position, which was like, it's good. You know, it's, an, it's a net good thing. But we just spent about 90% of the podcast trying to understand what what could possibly be bad about it. Mm. And so I feel like oftentimes on the podcast, I'm not actually talking about my position on stuff. We're kind of just exploring a topic and I have to take the other side of whatever you're taking. And so like in the revenue thing, for example, I think we're completely on the same side about that. If someone thought you were a dick for doing that, they should also think I'm a dick for for holding (laughs) the same position. (laughs) Um, It's just that we spent, yeah, I spent 90% of the podcast sort of going against your position on it. Yes. In order to like explore this topic. And I feel like that, that's what we do a lot, where, like, for, I guess for some reason you start off with a position on something and then I have to kind of, you know, fight back or something like that. Yeah,
0: but I guess even on the kids' front, like, you start off saying, like, hey, we we know we, know, should respect the kids. Right. Oh, he's all fluffy. And then me fighting back against that, like, <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't respect the kids. And then I'm again in this position of being the antagonist. <laughs> okay, so I, I think, okay, let's, like... Pen- pencil or, or, that in as or, one Or as one or, or one. for example You saying Hey man You know I've really been thinking I think old people Are really hard done by <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like Or like Hey Ali You know I think everyone Should just do Lots of charity work And I'm like Okay well Now I have to take The opposite position For this Well Maybe we shouldn't Spend our lives Doing charity work Or you saying Well maybe Maybe like we should just stop caring about money and have to be like well actually maybe we should care about money and this is a problem because then i come across as a dick in 100% of circumstances at least that's the impression i get
1: okay yeah so yeah it's it's funny how that happens
0: <laughs> how does this happen why don't you say more things that you post in group chats on the podcast <laughs> okay listen listen i think i think a
1: lot of a lot of the delta can be explained just by this thing but like yeah i feel i feel like you know, you'd expect like 50% of the time for you to be taking the more obviously
0: nice position, 50% of the time for
1: me to be taking the more obviously nice position. But it doesn't really turn out that
0: way. Yeah, it doesn't. I think one, I think part of that reason is that I feel that, that I am more comfortable with stating things in a blunt way and more comfortable with being misconstrued by people, by someone who's listening. And you said something very telling a few weeks ago. You said that as like throughout the, the the podcast recording, you are constantly asking yourself the question: How could this be? Yeah, un, a sort of uncharitably interpreted by someone listening to this. Yeah, yeah, for which sure. is just not a thing at all that ever goes through my head. <laughs> and so <Yes>. maybe <laughs> maybe I have less of this the, a, a, a sort of filter between my thoughts and yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. open to putting out there. And you think about you, you've got one step of okay, how will this be misconstrued? I think I, I think
1: I definitely have one step of like how will this be misconstrued? And I I feel like you should. I think I've been annoyed in the past by you not having enough of that because there, I think there have been a couple of incidences where you've said something and then we actually edit it out before uploading the podcast yes. because you didn't have enough of a filter. Um, like, don't you think one should have a, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, if the goal is to communicate clearly, hmm. you don't want what you're saying to be misunderstood, right? Like surely you should have a bit of that and like yes. even if you hold a position that that might be sort of somewhat controversial or whatever like stating it in a blunt way that's more likely to be misinterpreted just seems worse than you know stating it accurately but in a way that's less likely to be
0: misinterpreted right yes this is true i think yeah i i agree with you on here, on 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 this front i have a general allergic reaction to hedging and hedging is like like often has to be done whenever you're discussing anything even remotely controversial right. and every time i think of hedging i think oh if i were doing this in a youtube video i would feel dirty for having to hedge oh really you try not to hedge in your YouTube? I, yeah i try not to hedge in my in my youtube videos but some but sometimes i do and and whenever i do i think to myself okay uh, i think it's i think i want to assume the audience will just have good intentions and will uh, will appreciate kind of nuances behind the stuff i'm i'm going to say but on reflection, I should probably be more aware that actually some people might not. And therefore, hedging does serve a purpose to some, even though when I hear hedging, it annoys me. I'm like, OK, come on. Yeah, what, I get it. Just get to the point. What do you consider hedging? Like, for example, I don't know, what what have been some of the more controversial things you've talked about on YouTube and like how have you had to change? What OK, so for, so for example, if I were doing a video about, you know, my, my 2020 revenue. Yeah, I would ideally not want to hedge that hedge that at all. What, what, so what do you mean by hedging? i haven't seen the video before. oh so, i mean i haven't have another video yet but the, oh, okay right the it would the the hedging would be like all right guys you know i'm gonna I'm, I'm about to talk about x and i know some people are going to find this bad and yeah. this is not my intention and my intention is actually to give people inspirational <laughs> educational information my intention is not to flex my intention is to, is to not be an arrogant twat yeah. i appreciate that people have had issues in the pandemic and bloody 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 all right now, having wasted three minutes of your life talking about this and having kind of my audience retention numbers fall, <laughs> now let's go into it having given you all these trigger warnings. I, w- I would like not to have to do that because I would consider my time wasted if someone, if like Graham Stephan were making a video talking about his revenue and he was spending three minutes hedging and explain and and in, and in a way kind of, Sort of virtue signaling and struggle signaling, like, right? Oh, yeah. actually, actually, guys, you know, I, you know, for someone like Graham Stephan, I'm I'm making five million dollars a year, but but actually, I've had to work really hard to get there. And you guys don't know the amount of toil and effort that does. That annoys me, and <laughs> I don't want to be the, the sort of person who does that. But I feel like, judging by a lot of the comments I was getting on Instagram in I response really to these questions, people were saying that. Well, I mean, yeah, make the video, but th- the impression I got was people were pro hedging on that front. I wouldn't really say that's. I, okay
1: maybe there's different kinds of hedging mm. what, what you've described is kind of uh i would have thought I, I thought what you meant by hedging is just like adding caveats and like really stating very accurately like what what your actual position is rather than yeah, maybe using
0: the word hedging wrong um oh uh, no but yeah no i, I th- this is what i mean yeah hedging is in like you know i'm i'm going to do this thing but I'm going to hedge against the fact that you might be mis- thinking okay, okay. my intentions are wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. by spending three minutes up front hedging. Mm. I have no problem with sort of being like, okay, saying that what I'm about to do is is make make a generalization, and here are the caveats to that generalization. It's a generalization. Okay, example. yeah. So yeah. you you think that's a different? That's not the hedging that you. That's not the headings that I that I. Um, I wouldn't do that if I was talking to someone who I felt was on the same wavelength as me as to understand that when we say Mm. generally men are x and women are y that obviously that is a generalization and there is a whole amount of (laughs) nuances and caveats associated with it but if i'm talking to you i know that you know that and i don't have to state it yeah whereas i feel like if i'm if i'm doing in a youtube video i would have to state it and the way i feel i feel this podcast like i almost don't notice the microphone is recording because it feels so radically different to recording a YouTube video, hmm. and so even if I'm if I'm making a generalization about men and women in a YouTube video, I would hedge okay. <laughs> appropriately. In, right. in in the podcast, I feel I, I I guess I feel more of a like <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just talking to Tamer here. Um,
1: <laughs> Damn, yeah. So I th- I think I I think I do a lot of the second kind of hedging on the podcast, and that that's really what the background thread is of like, okay, you know, um, I need to like explain that you know this is a generalization or, or, or all of this kind of stuff. Mm. I think. I think I do a lot of that. I don't think I do a lot of the first category. I don't think you do any of the
0: first category on the podcast. The other thing that just came to mind was that when it comes to bringing up a controversial topic, I am more okay with sort of putting out an inflammatory statement without hedging because I know that there is a counterforce from you. Oh, I see. Whereas I see. if I do it on a YouTube video, I know that that is the only force and therefore I have to uh, actually okay. say both sides of the yep. equation that, you know, yeah. guys, it's okay to use Windows. Right, right. <laughs> Whereas on a podcast, I would say, obviously people who use Windows are heathens <laughs> because I I would just expect you to, you know, okay, okay. be the white knight <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> rushing in to defend Windows users. <laughs> and that would be fine. And that's what gives the podcast balance. Mm. But it does mean that I come across as more of a dick <laughs> for all sorts of reasons, I think. Yeah, so I think part of it is... Um...
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is just that often these, you know, if if even if we both like completely agree on something, it's not going to be a very interesting discussion to like <laughs> sit there agreeing on something, right? Yeah. And it is, you know, even if we both agree on something, it's still useful for us
0: to explore mm. like w- where we might be wrong about that. We have had several emails from people saying that the more combative <laughs> episodes of the podcast are so much more interesting yeah, than yeah. when we're talking about something where we clearly agree on. Yeah. So I think a lot of, a lot of,
1: uh the, what
0: you've described as the delta between my authentic self and how i
1: come across the podcast i think a lot of it can be explained by just like how how these
0: discussions are framed do you think any of it can be explained by you actually have been being show, showing a different persona on the podcast versus in real life
1: yeah of course <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: okay but look here's the thing
0: here's the thing <laughs> right. here we go i'm thinking really hard <laughs> yeah, about
1: yeah. this <laughs> got some background music um I think on the podcast we here's ah I've got I've got it <laughs> ah, here we go I figured out I'm going to get out of this one <laughs> truth is about to be spat out All right so um uh, I think on the podcast we're often talking about uh topics in the abstract you know um it, it's it's usually like fairly abstract discussions about things mm. and I think like I don't think I misrepresent my abstract views on anything in the podcast. I think like, you know, the, the stuff I say and the, the, you know, the way that I apparently come across, I think at, at the very least I do aspire to that. Like I do actually you know, believe all that stuff. And I, I, you know, in the abstract, like that is, that is like what I think, but I think with everything, there's like uh sort of a Delta between you can, you can call it like your principles or whatever in the abstract. And like, how that actually is manifested in your day-to-day life so the difference between what you say and what you do <laughs> <laughs> damn it uh sure but okay so i'm actually not sure what you're referring to about the group chat thing <laughs> without without instead sort of getting me
0: cancelled can you elaborate a little bit about what you're talking about about the group chats without getting you cancelled no <laughs> Okay, I, I'm thinking the sorts of memes that you post in, for example, our male school friends WhatsApp group, okay, are different to the sort, you know, if so, if someone were to see the sort of memes you post there, and it's normally you doing most, uh, you know, doing most of the effort in posting stuff in that group, people would get a very different image of you as to the, the impression that they would get if they just listened to the podcast. Whereas I feel like for me, if people looked at the memes I post in group chats and the conversations I have in private, they're not particularly different yeah, to the way I come across. Equally dead. Exactly. <laughs> On podcasts or on videos.
1: Look, here's the thing, man. Like, I think for me personally, Mm. I I think there's like... I think among trusted friends, you can joke about anything. Like, honestly, I think think my position on, like, joking about stuff is that it it completely depends on the audience. And, like, I'm very happy joking about things that go completely against my actual positions on things. I'm very, very happy to, like... Yeah, I I think among trusted friends... Mm. I, I really don't see a problem with joking about basically anything or everything. And so I think like, yeah, a lot of the stuff I share on on this group chat mm. is definitely like extremely risque. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like but it, I, I think joking about something the audience. from like different okay. to like the thing itself. You know, okay. No, that makes sense. I I I think that's something that I, I I strongly feel. No, that seems very reasonable. Um and like a lot a lot of the stuff that I I don't know. We're, we're both recording this on our phones, so we can't like open up the group chat and see what what I've been posting recently. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure a lot of it is kind of um, yeah m- making fun of stuff that I actually do whole yeah you know,
0: believe <laughs> right yeah. Um,
1: and I, th- I think that's okay. I, I don't think yeah. that's
0: inauthenticity at all. Okay, no, I think that's fine. Like if I if I think to sort of different examples of this, it's all. I think it's a valid defense for you to say, actually, I was joking and it was to a private group of friends, just, just a which is, just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just banter. <laughs> right. Um, whereas on the podcast, you have to be more mindful of who is listening in and therefore a joke about X is not going to fly in public, whereas joke yeah. about X would fly in a group chat amongst trusted friends.
1: I, I think so. And, and so I think like, I mean, do, do you think that's like all the group chat? Like, do you think any of my positions on things I actually sort of show differently on the podcast than I would if we were having a discussion in the group chat? I don't think, I think it's all directionally accurate. Like, I, I don't think m- my actual takes on things are different. Oof. can't believe I'll go out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm thinking really so hard. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I agree with you. I think your takes are, are directionally similar, uh, directionally authentic. I think the joking example, you can kind of use the joking example for, for, for absolutely everything. You can just be like, Oh, but it was just banter. Um, no,
1: no, I don't, I, I don't think you can. I think, for example, it would be inauthentic if I'm, you know, on the podcast, I'm all, all about like, uh, I don't know, be nice to the kids. And then like in real life, you're <laughs> <laughs> you abusing kids. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that would be inauthentic. I mean, it, you could maybe call it inauthentic it's inauthenticity to not like to not live up to your own principles on things. Mm. Um, I think I'm I think I'm as good or bad as as the next person when it comes to that. I'm, I'm even happy to say I may may even be below average on <laughs> on that front um but
0: so uh, yeah maybe that's inauthenticity authenticity in in some way okay yeah that that's predominantly what I'm referring to when i when i in those moments where I get the impression because it's like to me it feels like who you are on a group chat is is different to to who you are on a podcast but then also to me I consider the podcast as being more of a chat between you and me and so i i i I f- I feel the difference between you when when we're amongst friends versus when oh, we're on the okay. podcast. Yeah. Whereas you probably yeah yeah rightly <laughs> recognise that when you have a microphone in front of you yeah. there is a yeah you should hold yourself to a higher standard of behaviour. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there needs to be some propriety. <laughs> propriety is that always?
1: Good? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs>
0: um so like, a, but like I mean. a, like for example just now where i just tossed out the phrase um you know saying on the one hand you're talking about helping the kids and on the other hand you're not abusing kids Right? Y- you, you probably <laughs> wouldn't even say that phrase, abusing kids I, I, on the podcast <laughs> i probably wouldn't say that on the podcast
1: and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing where like you say you say this kind of stuff and like yeah <laughs> i I don't, like, take any further. <laughs> I just kind of say, okay, and, and, and try and move on when you say something like that. You do. Whereas in real life, you know, <laughs> or, you know, in a group chat or something, you know, I might continue on that riff. Sure. Does that make me, does that make me the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is something to be said about, like, not living up to your abstract principles in, uh, in
0: practice okay for example we have friends um in our in in our group chat who would also not even joke about things that you can that you and i consider it consider okay to joke about really what well, in the group chat yeah really? as in as in we've got friends in the group chat who for example if you post something particularly risque would sort of semi-jokingly <laughs> tell you off for post- posting that something risque <laughs> okay and the sorts of memes that you post in the group chat these people would would not even dream of of, <laughs> of, of posting in any group chat
1: <laughs> look it's 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 not easy work but someone's got to do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got to keep the group chat going
1: right but i think like i i i don't know exactly who you're referring to but i'm referring to someone like sahel <laughs> <laughs> okay fine okay i guess we're just gonna say <laughs> yeah. yeah but sahel doesn't find that kind of stuff funny i don't think he
0: i don't think he's actually i think he does find it a bit funny <laughs> i think he probably does find it funny but he just wouldn't his his general propriety would stop him from posting it on a group right, chat, yeah <laughs> and also from discussing it on a podcast Right, your yeah. propriety ex- extends to when it's in public. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm glad we have sorted that out. I appreciate your position now. Anything else we want to talk about in this episode?
1: But no, I think, the, um, I think the principles versus practice thing is interesting. How closely do you think you follow your, like,
0: principles? <laughs> I don't really know what my principles are, really. <laughs> what are my principles? <laughs> Be nice to the kids, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> treat my fellow man as I, I would treat myself, my myself or <laughs> yeah yeah i think the thing is that like
1: it's it's not often that your principles are actually you and the abstract not you specifically it's not often that your principles are actually tested you know it's usually pretty easy for me to um i don't know allegedly live by my principles you know it's usually like whatever it's usually a convenient thing anyway and it's not often that it's actually inconvenient to stick to your guns on something and i think like I don't know for me personally, I don't think I'm terribly good at like sticking to my guns when it's especially inconvenient okay any examples
0: any examples for so I've ive I've got one that comes to mind which is that i I hold a general principle that I never want to lie to anyone about anything okay, and that principle is only rarely tested yeah and so yeah. I can ju- and and so because the testing of that principle is only is only rare and actually I, I can just tell the truth about everything most of the time then i can feel that hey i have a principle you should never be. right, yeah but in occasions where it's actually actually being tested yeah then i think ah oh, okay do i really want to hold to this principle and and at times i have held held to that principle and caused pain to uh, pain to people it, it, it's it's usually that toss-up that do i hold to my principle or do i tell a lie and reduce pain right sure and so it's kind of those two principles, the, the principle of do no harm. Okay, right. <laughs> you know, the oath and all that. <laughs> yeah. so it's the principle of thou shalt not lie. Hmm. That's a situation that I I have found particularly tricky in recent times.
1: Yeah, I guess like one thing that comes to mind is that, you know, I often talk about like, you know, connecting with your fellow man and all of that kind of stuff hmm. and being nice to people and, uh, and all of that kind of thing. And I often find like, particularly with people who I know quite well and I'm quite comfortable around. um, It's often easy to kind of forget about that. Mm. Like, for example, I don't know, like at home with Mimi, for example, I think I'm definitely not like, you know, I mean, I think we have a good relationship and (laughs) and stuff, but like there are definitely plenty of times where if I was truly taking a mindset of like wanting to connect with my fellow man and all Mm. that that jazz, I would probably behave differently than, um, than I actually do sometimes. Right. And so I think like,
0: yeah, I think, I think that's kind of one, one thing where it's. Yeah. It's very easy to get into the sort of, <clears throat> sort of being, being comfortable and therefore in a way taking the person for more for granted. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that would be one
1: example. But yeah, it's tricky. I think like, I think for most of my life, I kind of, um, I internally felt like I was a nice person and I think I never really had a situation where it would be inconvenient for me to do the right thing or whatever. And then after sort of some of those kinds of, I think after like one of those situations, then it, I kind of like shed the I'm a nice person narrative because it kind of made me realize that, yeah, it's, it's, it's convenient to be a nice person most of
0: the time. Um, would you like to elaborate on this? Uh... I, I, I don't know what you're referring to. No, I don't I don't I I don't think it's it's something I'd like to elaborate okay, on. Okay, we'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> um yeah, maybe. Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think like
0: So wait, at the moment so you do, so you no longer hold the narrative that you're generally a nice person?
1: No, I, I don't I I think I think I shed the nice person narrative um, a bunch of years ago. Do you have like a nice person narrative?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't want to be thought of as not nice. No, but how do you think like does I'm a nice person therefore as uh, like I I don't have the, the the thought process of, I'm a nice person, therefore I should do X. Is that the sort of the mindset that you used to have, that you shed, or what? What do you mean? Um, I think the mindset was just kind of like seeing
1: myself as, yeah, just seeing myself as generally a sort of nice person.
0: Um, okay. And then one situation happened where you were like, actually, I'm not a nice person. They you were like, right, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, I think like, and there hasn't just been, like, one... There's been, pl- like, plenty of incidents, basically. But I think, like... I think I didn't realize the extent to which, like, being a nice person... I, I actually held that as part of my identity previously. You know, let's say, like, the first, like, 16 or whatever years of my life. Um, I didn't realize until some of these incidents
0: that I actually... I, I was holding that as, like, part of my identity. Whereas I think now I don't really... Okay, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know at all what you're getting at. Can you use an example and change details so that it's not... Yeah, I
1: think maybe there was a sort of sim- a simplistic view of, like, some people are nice, some, some people are nice people, and some people are, like, not nice people. Okay. Or, like, some people are mean or something. Okay. And, like, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't have seen myself as, like, a mean person or an unkind person or any of these things.
0: Like, I definitely thought I was um, a nice person. Um and sort of by definition, that some some people in the world were also right were, were, were not nice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the position you now hold similar? Well, I guess the position I hold is that everyone, most people are good most of the time, and no one ever thinks that they're the bad guy in whatever story. And that kind of vibe, or is it different to that? Yeah, I think I think now it's probably that that like yeah,
1: most people are good most of the time, um, but like I don't know if you, if you do want to take part in the <laughs> nice person sort of. Uh, pissing contest. Then it's like that it's the times where it would be inconvenient to be nice that that you really need to pay attention to rather than oh 99% of the time I'm I can be nice to people, yeah. Hmm.
0: So when when would it be inconvenient to be nice? I think generally when there's something to be gained by not being <laughs> not being nice, right? So I had an example re- semi recently where I was hanging out with a friend, I've been hanging out with the, w- with this friend for a while and we, it was just the two of us kind of in one place, and I just kind of wanted wanted to listen to my audiobook because I didn't really, I didn't particularly like it was it was getting to a good place, and I was excited to hear the audiobook. And had I been a nicer person, I would have given the friend more attention in that context. Right. uh But I was like, actually, right now my needs away <laughs> my need to be nice to you. Therefore, I'm going to listen to my audiobook and le- let you do your own thing. Okay. Yeah. Is that the sort of circumstance you, you mean? Like definitely if i were a nicer person i wouldn't have listened to my audiobook in that scenario i would have been more attentive to the needs of other and the feelings of other people right if i were a nicer person i would be like for example when living with molly i'd be more attentive to the fact that when i'm filming it means that she can't enter the living room and if i'm filming seven times a week then she's basically locked out of the living room for the whole time hmm. but it's just not something i would give attention to because i'm not oh, not a quote nice person right is that is that kind of what you mean where it's inconvenient in it, in those contexts it would be inconvenient for me to say molly actually i'm going to not film for one night so <laughs> because i i have concern for your concerns and right, yeah. i i appreciate that maybe you find you're feeling hard done by by the fact that you can't enter the living room in the house that you're living in yeah for
1: sure i think there's definitely examples where like it would be inconvenient to like do the do the nice thing or do the right thing or whatever but like in in the for example in the audiobook situation where you were like hanging out with this friend and you just decide to listen to your audiobook rather than like be truly be present mm. or whatever. Like, did you have a sense that mm, you know they'd probably
0: prefer it if yes. like we'd... okay, so that a... okay, right, one hundred percent. I knew they would prefer it if I hung out with them rather than if I listened to my audiobook. But I kind of thought, mm, nah, damn, <laughs> savage. All <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I mean
1: by <laughs> not not being a nice person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I think basically... And uh, sort of somewhat going back to our original topic in this in this conversation, so far I'm the only one who has brought to bear examples of being not nice to someone, whereas you have conveniently skirted around the issue <laughs> and therefore not not really given any examples of when you've not been nice to someone and therefore right. I can come across as a dick again <laughs> for being more open to sharing that example. Um, All right, I'll give you some examples if you really there want. We go. <laughs> I want this to be a bit, a bit more balanced <laughs> rather than you just being like... Yeah, well, I feel like I've been a bit like... Uh, and, and in doing so, you're kind of like virtue signaling it there as well. How am I working? Saying that, hey, look, man, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually a not nice person deep down. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I'm not a nice person deep down. And, okay, I'm going to give you some examples in recent memory where I've been not a nice person. Is that sort of what you mean? And you're like, yeah, I guess you're not a nice person. <laughs> so I need you to pull your weight a little bit more here <laughs> and give some okay. examples. Um.
1: All right. Give me a sec. <laughs> Take your time. We've got all evening. <laughs> There's so many to choose from, you
0: see. <laughs> um. While you're thinking, I'm listening to a fantastic audiobook these days called Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. It's book four of the Stormlight Archive. Stormlight Archive is like three so far, well, now four absolutely enormous books. They're like sort of 1,000 pages plus. They're absolutely huge if you see them in a, in a bookshop. I listen to them on audiobooks so they're like 50 to 60 hours each. And... I discovered this series like two years ago and I, it took me like a year to get through the first three books. Another fourth one came out like on Tuesday this week and so I'm so excited. It's like so sick. You should, you should listen to it. You should I've, start with Misborn. Have you I've have you, have you, have you listened to I, Mistborn? I have it on Audible and I've what, tried Mistborn? listening to it. Yeah. You tried listening to Misborn, and you didn't like it? Yeah. It was, on, just, on double speed? I didn't try it on double speed. On, I, I tried were, it a few years ago now. Mate, you've got to try it again on, but this time do it on double speed. Really?
1: Yeah. Or at least one point. I just 1. find 1. it hard 5. to keep track of, like, people and names and places and stuff in
0: audiobooks. Okay. I mean, that is true. The, the more you give... The more attention you give to it, the more you you keep track of it. And the idea yeah. is that when you're when you're listening to an audiobook, you are actively... You're, like, painting the picture in your mind. You're not just sort of passively reading, absorbing it like you could with, I don't know, Harry Potter or something. Mm. But you should definitely give it another try. I re-listened to Mistborn because it's just so good. <laughs> that was the audiobook that I was listening to when... <laughs>
1: Oh, really? When I wanted to
0: just, like, re-listen. <laughs> yeah, it, it was that good. And I I, I listened to it before. I, 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 I wanted to re-listen to it. It's so good. Damn. Yeah, anyway. Okay, maybe I'll revisit. <laughs> you should. All right. So,
1: one. I think one actually completely unacceptable thing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right, that I do is... Uh, so, I mostly live at home with our mom. And she always does the cooking. Like, there's maybe been, like, two or three instances... Um, where I have like cooked dinner in the past, I don't know, two years or something like that. Um, like she's just, she's always the person doing the cooking. And I think like, if you like in any, in any kind of other arrangement, if you're like sharing a house with people and one person is like always doing the cooking, that would be like completely not okay. And that's something where like, I know it's bad. I think like, I think I I, like completely know it's bad. I don't think Mimi, Mimi's the kind of person who'd like kick up a fuss about like, all right, okay, <laughs> you need to start doing some cooking around here. Um, like I I do think, you know, I I think oftentimes she does enjoy like cooking for us and and, and cooking and stuff like that. But I do think like oftentimes like she'd really appreciate it if she like came home from work one day mm. and like dinner is just kind of prepared and stuff like that. And like I'm I'm well aware of this. And maybe maybe about once every week or two, I think. Hmm, man, I should we should really do something about that one of these days. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just haven't done anything about it at all. Um, I, th- I think that's, that's very not nice. Okay. You, you're not happy, but you're not, you think this is too like, uh, I think that's too virtue signaling. Yeah. <laughs> How is that virtue What can I possibly say that you won't say is virtue signaling?
0: <laughs> I want to hear something raw, something where you have sort of, this is, the, okay, there you're passively wronging someone who's your mother. <laughs> and everyone can relate to the situation where like my mom cooks for me and i don't lift a finger around the house like that's not that's not that's not particularly juicy it's like (laughs) come on i've given you examples where i have sort of actively wronged people (laughs) and all you can do is be like well i don't really cook enough around the house
1: all right give me a sec (laughs) look you're actively wronging someone was also pretty trivial like you've given like extremely trivial examples here
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay but you, but but you've been passively wronging. I want you to give me okay, an, an, give an, an active, wronging, an active single, wronging single single example. Hmm. <laughs> okay, what's, Look, going, what, what, what's going through your mind right now? Right,
1: there are definitely examples, but they're are they're unfortunately very personal. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm trying to think of you know the right way to yeah. the right way to frame this. Okay, because there's 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 like you know there's like a few really bad but also really personal examples. Okay, and you don't I want to talk about those ones. ones. Yeah, I've chosen
0: very trivial ones. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, So,
1: and I'm, I'm trying to think of some trivial ones. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, okay. so it's, it's, it sounded like age 16. You realized you were not a nice person. What was that sort of situation? That's, that's 10 years ago. Surely the statute of limitations has, has ended on that one. Sorry? You said for the first 16 years of, of your life, you had to this identity of being a nice person, and then you shed it overnight. <laughs> what was the inciting incident? <laughs> the, si- the 16 was actually misleading. It was actually after that. But I'm not going to go into it,
2: <laughs> so you, you can wow. stop trying.
0: <laughs> okay, I mean, well, you know, I, I feel like I've fished enough, so, so you don't have to, we can move
1: on. Um, no, 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 I, I, I'm sure I can, I can come up with an active example. Okay, this, this is kind of personal, I guess. Um, Here we go. But a couple of months ago, I was dating someone, and I think Ooh, I... <laughs>
0: juicy, right, keep going.
1: I uh, I definitely didn't kind of live up to my ideals of kind of being really thoughtful and considerate about the other person's feelings and stuff like that and i think i i didn't uh think about her feelings or her point of view uh during this
0: period okay you didn't think about it or you thought about it and chose to not ignore it I, and, and chose to ignore it because like for example most of the time i don't even think about doing the cooking <laughs> right but then sometimes you know like, as you like you do once yeah once a fortnight on average <laughs> at that point you think i should probably do the cooking and you choose not to do it yeah i feel like one is it's it's slightly different i think it was it was a bit
1: of both right. like there, there were certain things where i was like hmm yeah i should probably think about this and then i i was i kind of like chose not to and then there were other things that i actually didn't think about that i should have thought about you're going to say this sounds too abstract. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, but, I, I that's think that's an fine. Okay example for you. That, that, that's okay for me because I know uh, in my head what you are talking about.
0: So. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's reasonably okay. And had you had you been a quote, nicer person, had you lived up to the, yeah. uh, you know, the the principles that you would like to uphold, i.e., having treating people as human beings and having concern for their concerns and all that stuff, yeah. you would have behaved differently. Oh yeah, sure. Whereas in this in the scenario, you were more selfish than altruistic. Yeah, might say so. Cool. That's fair enough. <laughs> Thank you for sharing.
1: Anything else you want from me? I
0: mean, I'd love some more examples, but, no, but I think we, we, we've, we've gone too all now, so that's fine.
1: I mean, your examples were extremely trivial.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to balance the scales a little bit. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, I'm trying
1: to think, like, are there, there any like, more trivial things come to mind? I think it's interesting
0: because it's... I, I feel like in a lot of these situations, at least for me... It is a case of balancing my own wants with someone else's wants. And so like, for example, yesterday evening I was watching, uh, I was watching Kabi Hushi Kabi Ram, this Bollywood film with okay. my housemate Sheen. Yeah. And she was like super into it. And I was half into it. And there were bits of this film where I was being drawn in, but there were bits of the film where I was just like scrolling through Twitter and stuff because it, I, or whatever, I like the songs I didn't particularly enjoy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. In this context, um, I mean, it would have been the nicer thing to do to enjoy the film with her and sort of be like, sort of even act, act as if I was enjoying it more than I was. Right. Especially yeah. for for the scenes that I actually found boring, but <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. And there is an extent to which general life advice is around that. Well, you know, kind of you do you and don't really worry about the other person's feelings. And obviously this is a spectrum, which would like a completely trivial example on one end and sort of many non-trivial examples on the other end but it's like you have to we're, I, I feel like we're all constantly towing this line or at least i'm i feel like i'm 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 always towing this line of to what extent do i just do what i want versus put someone else's needs ahead of mine in some capacity mm. and i feel like often the am i nice guy versus not is the extent to which i am self-sacrificing rather than selfish
1: I think a lot of the situations that you're referring to like for example the audiobook thing or mm-hmm. like the movie thing is uh it really comes down to I think that this is actually something I noticed while I was away with some friends in the Dominican Republic for the past month or so which is that people have different like thresholds of how communally they want to live um you know um and I was um I think like it, it was it was quite interesting because a couple of so you know there were like on average five of us in this house, and a few people um you know one guy came for the first week another guy came for the first two weeks, and then someone else came and stuff like that so like the group dynamic was shifting, and I think like it was pretty noticeable after i think after the first two weeks a couple of people had had then left at this point um and I think the remaining people were much less sort of much less sort of communal uh livers mm-hmm. than than the first than, than the first batch of people and so i kind of noticed that like in the second during like the second half of the trip it was more of i, I was probably the most communal liver present in the house at, the, at that point and i kind of noticed that oh like everyone's actually just kind of doing their own thing most of the time um and i i'm i'm probably wanting to do stuff as a group more than uh the rest of the group is on average Whereas I think in with the first group of people, um, I'd say like you know three of us were, three of us were all like fairly communal, and then the other two were kind of a bit less communal. Um, so I, so I think like if you are someone who is more communal, then or, or rather I think if you if you're if you're someone who's less communal, but you happen to be communing with someone who is more communal, <laughs> then yeah, then, yeah. then there will be lo- there there'll be lots of situations where the other person you know wants to do stuff together and you don't because you just like doing your own thing. Mm. And so I I feel, and I feel like you're very like non-communal about how you live. And so I think you are you are probably put in lots of situations where the person, uh, whoever you're around is probably more keen on doing stuff together than you are. Um, And so you're probably sort of (laughs) your, your niceness (laughs) is probably tested quite a lot because you actually just often really just want to do your own thing. Mm. Whereas presumably with like Molly and Sheen, there are, there are almost no times where you, you want to infringe on their time in some way, or like you, you want to like infringe on their, their sort of uh, whatever it is
0: they're doing, because like you're always happy just doing what you're doing, right? Yes, that is very true. I think, that, I think that, that's a good framing of it. The, you never want to hang out like... with them, basically. <laughs> and they always want to hang out with me. Right. Um, I was very, very, very communal in medical school. Like my room would be like the communal hangout zone. No, no, but like, did and, you actually like and and like on placement stuff as well? I would be making so much effort to get people together for like artic playing articulate, of course, and okay, right. Being like, all right, guys, you know, let's go to the cinema this night. Let's go. And I would often feel a little bit of a sting when like one of our one one of my placement friends was like was like, oh, actually, guys, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I I just want some alone time tonight. Yeah, I feel like, oh, is there anything we can do? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's have alone time. Together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bake apple pie. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that's that's very much changed when I started living on my own versus at university. Okay. Where I'm now, like, actually, I just kind of want to do my own thing. And why are you such a twat now? I think it, it kind of depends on the on on the on the circumstances. I think it's it's that case of the more you see someone, the more you take advantage of the the, the the more you take them for granted. Right. So, for example, living with two years in a row with Molly compared to. Sort of seeing her on weekends during placement, it's like a a different kind of dynamic. Okay, sure. And so seeing her on the weekends during placement, I'd be like, hey, you know, let's let's do stuff as a group. But, but like during medical school, you were seeing these people all the time. Yes, but it would be, but if it, it felt like it was more of an occasion. It's like when you're on
1: placement, it's like no, no. But even like, I mean, I think you were saying. You lived very communally even, you know, pre-placement when you were just like living in university. Yeah,
0: but I think it's 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 a difference of like, like I enjoy living communally, but I enjoy doing my own thing with other people around.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, that, that's, that's the impression yeah. I
0: got. Like, fine, your door's open or whatever, but like you're, you're not actually... Yeah. And we're all doing our own thing during the day and then from 10pm onwards we're playing Avalon or Articulate okay, yeah. together as a, as a team. Okay, sure. I I did a tweet about this, um which I got dragged for a little bit, which was a bit <laughs> unfortunate. Really? And like I was, I was querying in kind of long-term relationships slash marriages um to what extent are people playing a single player game versus a co-op game hmm. um and the way that i i framed it was like it seems like with my housemates like 90 percent of the time we're doing our own thing and 10 percent of the time we're interacting so we'll maybe have we'll lunch together for- or maybe even just have a chat or whatever yeah and i was i was i posed i posed the question that is this is this a similar dynamic to married couples And some people were like, yeah, me me and my wife are exactly like this, or me and my husband are exactly like this, or whatever. Uh, And lots of other people were like, oh my god, what is wrong with this guy? Huh, this is what happens when you're productivity, things things like that. And I was a bit baffled by that, because it seems Mm -hmm. like a, a reasonable question. And I got lots of DMs from, well, a few DMs from friends saying that, hey, man, I saw I saw the replies to your tweet. Don't worry, me and my wife are exactly like that. We're like 90% single player, oh, 10% really? co-op. Do you, you know, you just do you. you got to find someone who, who, who likes that kind of vibe.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Because I remember I saw the tweet and I felt like people were being quite uncharitable. Mm. I think I messaged you about it saying like, man, you did. people are being yeah. very uncharitable. <laughs> Um, and yeah, everyone. In, everyone in the streets was saying like, "Oh man, no, my wife, my, my wife and I spend fifty-fifty time together, whatever." Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, funny that they the, were almost it, like you on a podcast. <laughs> 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 oh
0: yeah, it's funny that in the DMs, everyone was like, <laughs> nah. Nah, "Yeah, barely talked to them." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if I were in that circumstance where I want a ninety-ten divide of single-player co-op and my wife wanted to play co-op half the, like 80% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, "All right, mate. I feel like a bad guy in most of these situations and she probably feels very hard done by." Yes. But the thing is, like and and sort of just to continue that thought, like she would she probably wouldn't feel like a bad guy for wanting me to spend time with her. Right. She, yeah. She feel like in, like <sighs> the, the bad guyness is completely unilateral. Yeah, in that context.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unfair, right? Like she <laughs> She just wants to do what she wants to do, which is hang out with you. You just want to do what you want to do, which is, like, <laughs> just not just hang out with her. her. Yeah. <laughs> and totally, you're the bad guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> I do feel like something is lost, you know, in um...
0: modern society. Uh, <laughs> in society these, these days.
1: Yeah, sure. But, like, I, I mean, I think I think every everyone pretty it's pretty obvious and agreed upon that society is becoming more like individualistic and atomized and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But I do feel like something is lost in that because I mean, I mean, you're, you're currently speaking as if like, you know the the percentage of s- the the single player to co-op ratio is oh just some arbitrary thing it's some arbitrary inherent property of an individual of like your personality and like oh well that's just my my personality is 10% co-op and 90% single player and if someone else someone else is 50-50 you know but i i feel like in in all the literature when it comes to like you know in, in all the literature around enlightenment hmm. One th- it seems like the one thing that is widely agreed upon mm-hmm. by most approaches to enlightenment. It's a good heading. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Continue.
1: <laughs> All right, what would you rather I say?
0: <laughs> the one thing that's agreed upon is that relationships are the most important thing in life. And the more you can detach from the self and the more you can actually commune with others, the more enlightened one is. So my, you, the, the hedging
1: that you were objecting to was me saying... I wasn't objecting to okay, it. Okay. It was better. Okay, All right. fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so as I was saying, yes. in many instances, <laughs> of many paths to enlightenment... I would, I would use some personally, but fine. Okay. I think this was particularly in, in the um the book The Courage to be Happy. Have you read that, by the I way? I haven't actually. Should I? It's great. It's okay. pretty good. Um, I think they, he talks about like... Truly sort of, uh, truly kind of respecting and and loving someone happens when you sort of, you stop thinking in terms of I, and you start thinking in terms of we. Mm. And I think like, for example, I think Mimi always thinks in terms of we, like basically always Mm. to, to the point where I think like. You and I sometimes wish she <laughs> didn't, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and was much more self-interested, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> rather than always like looking out for us and stuff, right? Yep. Um, I think there is. I, I, I think what you've presented is actually like a false dichotomy. It's. I think. I think it's a bad framing of like. Well, you know, my
0: my thing is like. Okay, it's not what I presented. So what you, what you presented when you said some people are more communal than others. I'm using that. I'm just using the language of video games, single parent and co-op. Fine. So. <laughs> So uh, l- let, me, uh, l- uh, let me let me rephrase you too. I think the thing that I, that I have presented is particularly problematic. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it does feel like
1: some. Th- it does feel like there is uh, a lot to be gained from thinking in terms of we rather than thinking in terms of I. Sure. And I'm sure there is. I'm sure that that is compatible with. I'm sure there is a way that that is actually compatible with the fact that some people just like doing things with other people more often. Like I th- I think this 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 idea of like thinking in terms of I versus we it's not it's not exactly the same thing as like the amount that someone wants to hang out with someone else
0: mm. I think it's, a, I it's versus, a different thing yeah the I versus we thing feels like it comes about more in the context of for example marriage or for the in the or for example having kids or for example being in a relationship where one where you've committed to one another as opposed to in the context of like a roommate relationship or like I'm going on holiday with a friend or things like that even in for, so so for example when when i went on an elective in, in cambodia i was with with two friends okay um in that context we're all more or less operating as a, as a collective we're operating as a we that all right where are we going tonight where we, because okay we're yeah. in the middle of a random ass country <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be absurd for that not to be the case whereas when you're at university and everyone's got their own rooms and it, it, it just naturally shifts to a more it would be weird to be like all right guys Seventeen medics in my house. That's all good. To lectures now. <laughs> oh, no, dude, yeah.
1: you are missing the point. You're 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 still thinking of like I versus we in terms of like I meaning me hanging out with myself and we meaning like hanging out with other people. I no. I think I, it gets at something else. It's a, it's a mindset. Like you you can have like more of a we mindset and still like do your own thing. Sometimes hmm. is is what I'm trying to say. And I th- I think there's like a yeah you know, there's different levels to the we mindset. You know, like there's like living with someone and you know, the, the sort of having concern for their concerns that come with that. And then the, you know, basically they're like concentric circles of community that we are all part of. Right. And there's like, you know, your immediate family, people you live with slightly, you know, and then you're like friends and, and stuff like that. Well, and, and kind of widening to like the human race as a whole. Right. And I think like having, I think it, it feels like there's something to be gained from having a wee mindset in all of these areas. And like obviously, having a we mindset in terms of, you know when it comes to like the human race is different to having like a a we mindset when it comes to like your housemate right but i think I think certainly my my default mindset is very much like i i think I don't really think in terms of we ever I think something's lost there. I think that's you know not the idea of like a community and all all this kind of stuff that um that people have been harking on about for since the beginning of time it all comes down to this like you know this Wii thing. And I don't think I'd do any of that. It doesn't seem like you'd do any of it either. <clears throat> it feels like when you were doing the pantomime thing, that felt
0: like some sort of Wii for you. Hmm. Is that right? Yes, very much so. That was that was like sort of like an almost transcendental experience.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. e- exactly. And that <laughs> yeah. felt good, right?
0: That felt amazing. Yeah, the other thing that, 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 that feels similar is playing doubles in badminton. Mate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <is such> a...
1: <laughs> I think the deepest connection I've ever had with another human being... I can't remember who we were playing, but it was me and a middle-aged woman called Diane yeah. <laughs> at our badminton club. She and I, it was, she and I against like two other people. It was like really intense game. I think it went up to like 25 or 26, but you know, games usually end at like 21 unless it's tied. And like, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think I've ever connected with anyone to the extent that I connected with Diane over that like 15 minutes at badminton. <laughs> yeah. It's mind blowing. And it's such a, it's such an incredible feeling. Do you you want to maybe like elaborate on the pantomime thing? I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. What was the pantomime?
0: So, um, for context, I was one of the co-directors of a pantomime, uh, pantomime is like a production that the medical school puts together every year. And you basically, there's basically about a hundred people involved in this. Um, you know, maybe like 10 core cast members, maybe like sort of 20 supporting cast members, maybe like 30 people in the orchestra, 40 people behind the scenes. And then there's like the directors and the producers and the musical director. Um, and so I was sort of one of the leaders of this troupe of a hundred people um, in my fifth year, and I'd sort of been a I was part of the singing troupe in fourth year, and sort of a minor cast member in sixth year. So I was heavily involved in the pantomime for all three years. But it was in it was in fifth year in particular where it it really felt l- l- like I wrote in my journal at the time, and I, I occasionally l- look back at this where I, I, where I'm just kind of writing aloud, think, thinking that. This is actually one of the one of the best experiences of my life mm. and it it was weird because it took it took such a huge amount of time, yeah. and like I was on gP placement in the middle of nowhere, like two hours away from Cambridge and every single night I was driving back to get to rehearsals right and, yeah, and it was fine because it were we were all working together in service of a wider goal and the thing that was great about this is that previously I'd been sort of part of committees and heading up committees for university societies and never had that feeling ah okay, because it always felt like for example when i was president of the pakistan society it it felt good when we were, when, when we were putting on big events with a uh, but in that group not everyone was as invested as as other people sure yeah. like me and my close friends who were like the you know president vp secretary <coughs> whatever we had that kind of vibe where we were giving it our all, whereas other people were just sort of dragging their weight. And we had to be like, you know, Jawad, why haven't you turned up to the meeting, <laughs> for example? Right. So that's the
1: kind of thing where I'd have a background thread thinking, oh, I probably shouldn't like mention this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit on someone publicly on the podcast.
0: Oh, but, so my background thread for that is, sh- 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 should I mention a random name that no one's going to have heard of? Yeah, it's reasonable. It's banter. It's it's a minor thing. Like, you know, I, I, someone didn't turn up to ball meetings. Little big word. who cares? Yeah, fair. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> that felt less good on the on the pantomime. It really felt like everyone was giving it a, giving it the role, okay. which was which was one aspect of it. And secondly, on the on the pantomime thing, which is where the badminton thing comes about. Like, you don't get that connection if someone is really bad at badminton and you're very good. Yeah. If there if there is a mismatch in ability, you don't feel that connection. Yeah. Whereas in pantomime, it felt like, like, the, like the musicians were absolutely sick. The actors were absolutely sick. Like the singers were absolutely sick. The people backstage were making incredible paintings. Like the, the producers were absolutely sick. Like they, there was this, everyone had their own specialized role mm. and they were all really good at their own roles and working together for this wider whole. And yeah. that felt like absolutely magical. Yeah. It's like where I, f- I feel that when, when, for example, I'm doing doubles with someone who is similarly matched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh to, to me where you get that you yeah actually feel like you're working together Yeah, you forever. feel like
1: the psychic link yeah yeah so that's what it was like yeah and I, th- I think i think that that like really gets at this wee thing and i think like once again it all comes back to <laughs> aspiration <laughs> <laughs> we need to actually discuss this book properly i need to finish the book <laughs> <laughs> which is like on the outset if you're like trying to sell someone the pantomime right you tell them, you know, on the outside, it'd be like, all right, you, you have to commit you, you, you a, a fairly busy student have to commit yourself to, I don't know, five rehearsals a week or something. Uh, you're going to have to drive like an hour each way for, for the rehearsals. Um, you're going to have to like memorize much like, like from the outset, it seems like a terrible deal. Mm. Do you get paid for it? Nope. <laughs> is anyone going to remember this in a few years from now? <laughs> nope. <laughs> is it televised? Nope. <laughs> like what is the point of all of this? Right. Um, and, like, it always doesn't seem rational to look look at what you're getting into mm. <laughs> and then decide, hmm, I should I should do the pantomime, right? Mm. In the same way that, like, yeah, I've given this example before, and Agnes Callard kind of gives the example in the book of, like, you know, when you're in your 20s or something and you see some, like, boring married couple in their 30s, you look at their life and you think, oh, man, those guys are so boring. Like, man, they're just, like... Go to work, come back home, that's their life. Like I, I never want to turn into that. Or or like you look at someone with kids and like, oh man, their life must suck. You know, they they don't have any time for their hobbies anymore, like they're always tired. Like, why would anyone do that? Right? But I think it all you know, it comes it comes down to like a shift in values. And that's kind of what this I to uh, you know, thinking in terms of I and thinking in terms of we comes down to. It's it's like a shift in values. And it feels like it feels like the eye mindset misses out on Mm. entire dimensions of the human experience. And so like feels, feels kind of bad. Mm. Like, you know, that connection you had with Panto, like imagine, imagine like being able to just like always have that kind of feeling of, you know, you call it camaraderie or whatever Mm. with like the human, I I imagine all, all the various folks throughout history who have been enlightened, you know, the Dalai Lama and people like that. Right like if there's any i don't know maybe maybe it's all just a scam i i don't think it's a scam i i do believe like there are plenty you know enough accounts of people yeah you know, let, let's just call them enlightened people who who seem to have reached some state some like spiritual state you can call it like i think this is basically what what they're all getting at it's the state of like mm. connectedness and oneness and love and all, all of this kind of stuff with your fellow man mm. like with genuinely with all of your fellow man right that must feel incredible. Like the feeling you had in the panto, imagine feeling that with like the entire human race. That'd be sick. It, it seems like a, f- a, few, That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> a few people yeah. throughout history seem to have actually been able to do yeah. that. Like, I think the rest of us, you know, we, we could start with like the people we live with, our friends and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and like, yeah, imagine like there is, there, is, there are lots of things that, um, there are dimensions of life that, that Mimi experiences and understands by having this we mindset and look, <laughs> don't be harsh here, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of easy to have that if you're a parent, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, there are, I think there are dimensions that, that we're missing out on. Yeah. And like, it's very, you know, the, the, for example, just the way you were talking about, like, um, you know, you, you wanting to like spend more time alone. And mm. it was almost as, I don't, it, it was almost like you were sort of, I mean, smug is the wrong word, but it was like, it was like you thought you were in a good position of like, oh, I'm I'm like, I'm self-reliant, you know? Like, I'm just happy always doing my own thing. Like, that's a great thing. I feel like there's a lot being missed out.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking of this, like, so pantomime example, I wouldn't even have dreamed of thinking, well, I kind of need my own time now. Right. During like rehearsals and things. And well, I'm actually having to sacrifice four hours of my life to get to this rehearsal. What's the point? Yeah. Because it's all in service of the wider goal. And it's just like, yeah, it's just it's just what you do it's the we, man it's the we. i feel like it's probably similar to parents who drive the kids to school <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly or uh, just anything where you are with other people having a sense of responsibility working towards something bigger than yourself yep all that stuff it sounds like more and more cliche by the minute but <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the secrets to life are hidden behind the word cliche as they say
1: yeah, how do we get on to the I versus We thing? I think we were just talking about like oh, being nice, being nice, and then, and then, then like, versus single you know. player
0: versus co-op, I versus We. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one one difference with I often because I I've had these two two different housemates over the last few years, and I often think about like what the difference is living with one versus living with the other. And uh, hedging here, I'm not saying <laughs> one is better than the other. I'm just saying the experiences are different. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> um, is that with machine we have more of a we mindset when it comes to food it's like okay well, yeah all right <laughs> Table, <you philosopher. laughs> for like it's a case of what are we doing for food today? okay okay yeah whereas with molly it was sometimes a, what are we all right sh- shall we get takeaway tonight yeah but for the most part it was hey molly do you want to take away and she'd be like no i've got a ready meal i'll be like oh i guess i'm getting a takeaway by myself then. <laughs> which is what they must feel like when they want to hang out with me <laughs> and i just want to do my own thing like, sh- shall we do the groceries? Shall we go? And like, and like with Molly as well. We, like, w- we would often go to the gym together, and that felt okay. felt nice because even though we're doing our own thing at the gym, it's like it's a collective experience. Yeah, and it's that thing of okay, you know, sh- shall we aim to meet back here around eight o'clock? Yeah, I'm going to go for a swim. Should we go for a swim? All right, let's do that. Or I'm feeling tired now. Yeah, screw swimming. Like just that kind of vibe, mm. which isn't really there with Sheen, who doesn't doesn't enjoy exercise at all. <laughs> and so with Sheen, the connection is more on what takeaway are we getting today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are we watching on Netflix or whatever? Yeah, that kind of vibe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is also like related to, uh, look, it's all about the scaffolding, man. It comes back to the scaffolding. Which book is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an original. <laughs> oh, okay. Have I not? We talked about the scaffolding. Oh, uh, yeah. We talked about the scaffolding. So I, I I, think, oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. So I think um, you may remember from a few podcasts ago, I think we were discussing our trip to Scotland. And I think I was talking about how it was nice when I was driving and Tariq was feeding me. Do you remember
0: this? We talked about that on the podcast. See, right? if that was me. I want to mention. The, I want to mention the name. <laughs> we. Did, I think we did talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. But we shouldn't assume that people who listen to this episode will have listened to <laughs> every episode. episode yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So we
1: went on a road trip to Scotland. Um, I don't know, a couple of months ago now. A couple of months. Yeah, probably about a couple of months ago. And uh, I think you and I were like doing the driving, and there was a point where I was driving for a bit, and. Our friend Tarek was in the front seat next to me and he had to like feed me the Doritos and Pringles and stuff because I was obviously driving. And I think we both got a, I think like we both got a kick out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the face of it, you'd think I'd get the kick out of Big <laughs> Fed. But I think actually, um, I think he got a kick out of being able to serve me as I served the, the group mm. by driving, you know?
0: Like, Yeah, he had a part in the yeah, group you know, experience.
1: It was like, you know, it, it, uh, the situation was like, I was the captain and he was the, the first mate or whatever, um, or, you know, playing second fiddle or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever the <laughs> phrases are. <laughs> <A> skipper? <laughs> skipper or it something, knows. right. Yeah, and like, ordinarily, like, you'd think that's a bad position to be in. Like, no one likes the idea of um, playing second fiddle. <laughs> but I think, like, it was like a win-win-win. Like, we we needed the scaffolding of us, of like me driving the car on this road trip in order to like play out these roles that we secretly
0: wanted to be able to play out. So you, you know, know what this is, this is reminding me of? What? This is reminding me of, Um, I, I, I've got a few married friends who say that their relationships are like this. Oh yeah. Where, uh, and sort of in my context, it's always been the dude who's been the captain of the ship and the wife who's been the first mate. Okay. And they say that, the the, the do likes it because he gets to be the captain and steer the ship. And and the wife weirdly also likes it because she gets to be the supporting cast. And in a way, and it feels weird and it feels non-politically correct and non-feminist and all that stuff. But like, surely it should be 50-50, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the people I've spoken to in this and and a lot of the stuff I've read about around marriage says that actually this is, you know, <clears throat> this is completely fine provided both parties are happy with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think it's like... I think to a certain extent like we all like to play these different roles uh, to various degrees and I feel like uh, I actually so Mac
0: from the podcast <laughs> um it's great how he's Mac from the podcast and <laughs> then my friend Mac Mac off of the podcast my <laughs> yeah.
1: colleague Mac uh Mac and I had a good thing going for a few nights uh, probably in the a... <laughs> <laughs> All right <laughs> we're <the> still recording Damon <laughs> basically like for a few nights we'd kind of um, be the ones to go out and get we were watching queen's gambit uh together one episode a night uh for like the final week that we were in the dominican republic and so i think for that week mac and i would kind of go out in the evening to get some kind of takeaway or food to kind of bring it back and this would be nice because like it would be kind of dark we'd have to like drive to a place and then like sit around wait for the food so it, it was a good like bonding time for for me and mac and we we talked about a few things and one of the things was that Mac was really looking forward to the flight home um yeah, we were talking about like looking forward to the flight home uh, to various degrees, and I think we were talking about okay, would well, you look forward to it more if it was like a night an overnight flight or more if it was like a daytime flight of like the same length right mm. and then we were kind of thinking, oh, we were sort of talking about this and I think, you know, we kind of agreed that, oh yeah, daytime flights are cool because like you can you know do whatever you want, read your book, watch movies, do some work, whatever. And that's always fun. Um, and I think I initially said, oh yeah, nighttime flights are a bit dead because you're just kind of sleeping, right? Like it's just uncomfortable and you're sleeping. So what's the point? And Mac brought up the, the um, Mac said he, he actually quite likes the vibe of an overnight mm, flight. I was thinking about that. <laughs> right, yeah. There's like this vibe where like the cabin is dimly lit. You kind of look around and everyone's kind of asleep. And there's uh, there's this like real sense of like togetherness and this sense of like you know kind of like camaraderie uh, that comes with like being in this like dimly lit cabin forty thousand feet in the air with like a, a, a bunch of people asleep around you, and I was kind of I was trying to think about like why is that a nice vibe, and I think what what we basically arrived at was it's kind of a it's nice because uh, you usually only see, like, close friends and family in the compromising position of, like, being being asleep, not in a bed kind of thing, right? Like, you know, you kind of associate that with, like, road trips and stuff like that. Like, you you don't often get to see strangers in a sort of vulnerable and compromising position.
0: (laughs) I don't know what kind of flights you're on. (laughs) Clearly, clearly I need to change my airline. (laughs)
1: Nice, yeah. Like you, you, that's not usually like a, a position you 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 see strangers in, and so there, there's there's a level of like closeness that that you, you, <laughs> this is not going well. You need to do some more hedging here. <laughs> I'm not doing nearly enough hedging. Yet. Right, there's there, there's like a sense of a, a sense of intimacy <laughs> that comes with that, and that's partly nice. And then I was I was also thinking like you know it's sort of when 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 for example like you are sitting on a row with some people and maybe the, like the per, the other person on your row or like the, the the other two people on your row are kind of asleep or something you know you kind of feel you you sort of like semi-consciously kind of looking out for them you semi-consciously kind of take responsibility for them mm. of like making sure they're okay you know and if
0: the food's coming over food's you food's coming up and stuff like grab that something for them and yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and like if, the, if their head
0: is on your shoulder you wouldn't like shake it off you'd be like
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> you secretly hope for that yeah, you know all, that, all that, that kind of stuff that. and like there's something nice about that there's something nice about like being in a position where you need to look out for this other person because I mean, they're asleep right mm
0: um and like vulnerable and compromising position right yeah
1: (laughs) yeah on the face of it it's like oh man now there's like a sleeping person next to me what if they accidentally like fall asleep on me or like oh i have to like you know wake them up if they want to get food all this Mm. stuff like on the face of it it seems like a bad situation to be in but it's nice to be able to play that role and i think like increasingly we don't really get to play that you know we're, we're not in many positions where we need to play that role for other people i think it's only people in our immediate vicinity you know uh, the people we live with, I guess, basically.
0: I feel like if you're a teacher on a school trip, that would be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine
1: that would be the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, with like, and you're like, all right, guys, services, toilet break now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> went to the toilet.
0: I feel like they'd probably get a kick out of that. <laughs> 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 like Barry, why haven't you been to the toilet? <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, we just don't. We don't. Yeah. We need. We need the scaffolding of like flights and things like that in order to to like play these roles with other people and in order to like feel the sense of connectedness and responsibility with other people. Cause we don't get oh. to feel that often.
0: So interestingly, um, I think I've, I've, I've told you a little bit about my plans for early next year. Have you? But, oh um, yeah. You're maybe going to Europe. Yeah. So there's this company called Zoku living uh, which is like a, they call it subscription living. <laughs> it's <That's> like rent. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I said this to Sheen and she said, Well, what's what I rent? <laughs> they call it a subscription living service, <laughs> where the idea is that you and a cohort of 25 people, you all go to a city for a month at a time. Yeah. And these are random people from around the world, mostly like entrepreneur creator types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work, people without real jobs. People, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you live in this like really cool, Kind of co-working space where everyone has their own like apartment, but it's like those minimalist space-saving designs, so the bed is kind of built into the.
1: So a, sm- a small apartment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, they've really done a number on you with the marketing. They call it. It's called cozy, I think. <laughs> um, so, you stay, so you live in this uh, small box, <laughs> and uh, you go down to the co-working place, which I guess is just a big room with a few tables in it, <laughs> and. A couple of times a week, you have like community events. Um, you have like, a there's like open mic nights and stuff. And there's like a um, once a week, there's like a mastermind type thing where everyone, you know, each person sort of spends 20 minutes presenting what they're working on and offering, you know, asking the, the, the group for solutions to their problems and stuff. And that seems like it would be really fun. And so the idea is that I'll be in Amsterdam, in February, um, Copenhagen in March, and then Vienna in April. And it's like with the same group of people, oh, cool. plus or minus like a couple of additions. Yeah. And that feels like it would be sort of a good scaffolding for this community-like experience. Yeah, 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 And so part of what I want to do here, like it would, it would be very easy to just be like, all right, I'm going to sit in my room all day right, yeah. and just kind of work. I'm a
1: single-player guy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I want, to, I want to be a co-op guy. And, and so what, what I message him saying is like, hey, instead of just getting there, can I drive there? And then park my car and then we'll have, ac- we'll have access to a car. And I'm very easy about who I let drive the drive the car, and they're like, "Hell yeah, that sounds like it would be fun." I feel like doing stuff like that, where it's like, "All right, we're going on a road trip. Who wants to come?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, the South of France or something for the weekend. Like, hell yeah, why not? That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned this idea to me, but you didn't mention the like
1: sort of cohort group mm. aspect of it. Yeah, like yeah, that actually changes the game. Yeah, that sounds pretty feet. good. That sounds sick. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah, we need the scaffolding, man. We need the scaffolding. Nice. You should write a book. <laughs> yeah, someone actually. Um, I I read a good article about this. I'll try and dig it up <clears throat> about. Look, it's like it's it's definitely a cliche at this point about like the breakdown of community and stuff like mm. that in 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 life. And a couple of the things that they mentioned, which seemed particularly um, poignant, were firstly apparently back in the day, front porches used to be more of a thing. Like in a neighborhood of like houses or whatever, you'd have like a front porch, and that would that would kind of be like a place where you might just like sit and hang out in the evenings and okay, your neighbors might also be on their front porch and you know, you'd wave at them and maybe have a conversation all that kind of stuff. Right. Like actually I think, I think the only time you see front porches nowadays are in movies about old people mm. where like the ending scene is like the old people, the, the, the old married couple or whatever, or like probably in the movie, one of them would have died or something. And so then you see like the remaining old person, like on their rocking chair on the front porch, just like, you know, looking out at the sunset or something. right? Um, and, like, front porches apparently are just not really a thing anymore. Like, now it's all about the back porch, all about having, like, a big patio in your backyard, you know, your own, like, thing. Basically, your own, like, private space rather than having any sense of, like, communal space. And so front porches are apparently on their way out, which is kind of like a, you know, it's part of this whole breakdown of community thing. That No one wants a front porch. Like, and, and they talked about how, like, now we're we're heading in, like, completely the opposite direction where... You want to have a doorbell that has a camera in it so you can monitor who the hell is approaching your door, right? Like your sort of default um, stance towards the public is like suspicion. Like, you know, I need to have a record of who's coming up to my door, right? Um, I think this like general sense of great, greater sense of suspicion towards the public rather than like um, camaraderie. camaraderie towards the public. Hmm. Yeah, it's not good, man.
0: It's not good. Yeah, I'll find a link to the article. Think more we, think less I. I think that's a good place to end this because I want to I want to head back to Cambridge <laughs> so I can wake up early and do some work tomorrow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. should, we, should we read out a review? Uh, yes.
1: I'm going to stop filming so I can read out a review.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I actually think we should make a legit podcast studio because mm. it's such a difference. Like like even the, Like n- now we're filming, filming this with our phones. Imagine if this was filmed with like a proper camera with like yeah. a nice lens and a an unplugged background. It would just make everything just sound so much more legit. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think we can actually like put it on YouTube and... Yeah, without feeling embarrassed that's potato quality phone. Yeah, right. How do we make it happen? What's the next step? I need to buy some furniture for the room. Okay, when are you going to do that? guess tomorrow is a Sunday. Okay. somebody <laughs> are you going to buy the furniture? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll order some stuff tomorrow. How about that? Okay, I'll check in with you in 24 hours time. <laughs> you better have ordered the furniture. All right. Um, we need cameras as well. Don't you have like a million cameras? uh i I have a mirrorless which i don't really use for anything yeah we can use that 6400 yeah the main thing is we want cameras that don't have the 30 minute record so i think 6400 is a good one so if i get a second one of those that actually could work or we could just film it uh it's 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 kind of nice to have close-ups of people's face when they're talking yeah like that kind of vibe yeah it'd be good to have like individual close-ups and then one like (laughs) yeah like a wide wide (laughs) yeah so we need to
1: don't you have like a million cameras i don't understand just like keep a camera in your bag when you come home how hard can that be
0: um friction I've become very attuned to friction recently. <laughs> All right. Well, buy a couple of cameras. Then. <laughs> oh, we've, we forgot to mention the sponsor of this episode at the start. <laughs> so we're going to have to do a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I think we've made enough of sponsorships that we can actually buy a couple of cameras for the for the setup. Okay. So what do we need? We need, so you want two-seater sofa and a chair. I think so. Okay. Nice. And we want we want like a lamp. Yeah. yeah as some, well. some nice lighting. Yeah. I have so, some plants. So you so so can been figure been out the plant furniture. Plant yeah. The only issue is that when when you're doing that kind of filming, you, you want to be a little bit away from the background. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't think that's feasible in my room. I think that's just a constraint we're going to have to work with. Okay, that's fine. We can we can make it happen. Uh,
1: okay. <clears throat> oh yeah, this is pretty funny. Uh, again, I'm curious what they're getting at. They, please do email us <clears throat> uh, if you have specific uh, objections. This is a three star review entitled "Not Bad, But Not Great." <laughs> wow, <laughs> not overthinking. Did we read this out last time? No, I don't think we did. Uh, the review is, the two guys don't seem don't really seem to like each other, <laughs> or maybe just a competitive friendship. Either way, it feels like you guys take pot shots at one another. Gets quite tense to listen to at times. Some misogynistic undertones with certain topics and overly contrarian takes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, lots, of, lots of unpack. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, yeah, thank you to Eggs Hosting from Switzerland for that three-star review. I would genuinely be curious to hear about, like, look, a few people have mentioned things like misogynistic undertones. I'd like to understand what people mean by this. So, if you. Maybe
0: this thing about uh, captain and first mate.
1: Yeah, maybe that's something probably
0: that. Probably has come. a misogynistic undertone to it. Yeah, that's the hedging I tried to do. Yeah, potentially.
1: Uh, look, if you're someone who's left this kind of review, or even if you aren't and you feel this way, or you can imagine why someone might feel this way, we would genuinely be very interested to get your thoughts and try and improve.
0: Mm. We should definitely do an episode on misogyny. Like what does it mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Thank
0: you to Exhausting for that review. Great. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.